What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Saturday, February 11th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 293. How the hell are you? A couple days late, just got back uh, from the road. I have uh, some, uh, some sick family members here uh, with the flu and all kinds of fevers and shit, and... Um, like I said, I just got back, so it's been crazy hectic. I also did do a couple of bonus podcasts for you Patreon subscribers, which will be on by uh, the beginning of next week. So that will get started for you, uh, maybe even before that. Uh, they should be up and, and uh, going soon. And all the stuff that you get with the rewards, you guys will have uh, next week. Thank you guys for subscribing to that. Got a great show for you guys. Hilarious stories. So, so, so much fun. This weekend in North Carolina with uh, Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick going to the UNC Duke game uh, at Cameron Indoor uh, at Duke's home was wild. Um, I have some of the funniest stories. Uh, I mean, I was crying laughing on an airplane. I have to crying laughing like a child. Crying. Um, going to talk all about that stuff. Obviously, I am going to talk about the... Uh, Duke game, the actual game. I'm going to talk about the disaster that has become my New York Knicks. Um, we are going to do my unacceptable. We got a bunch of your guys' unacceptables. So just a full packed out show. So wherever you may be right now in your, um, you know, in your home, uh, in a, at your, you know, at your desk, at your, uh, you know, in your car, on a treadmill, uh, sitting around, enjoying your free time, listening to TVE, uh, sit back, relax, and buckle up for a uh, great ride over this next hour uh, plus here because I do have a good one for you on this episode 293. We are seven guys, seven away from the big 300, uh, which is insane. I want to thank everybody who's listening. I want to thank everybody who has uh, been added, uh, you know, to my I guess to my to my listenership, does that, I don't know. <laughs> All the new Verzi effectors, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you guys so much for coming on, uh, coming aboard, and uh, listening to me rant and talk a lot of shit. And um, been having a great time, and it's going to be 300 soon. And I never thought doing this shit over six years ago, I would be saying, hey, I'm going to be here, you know, going on six and a half years. So. Uh, before we get started, before I get into this episode, I want to uh, shout out the uh, the sponsors, people supporting the show, and I also will talk about uh, Patreon again and what's going on with Patreon because I know people are usually um, behind on, on the show. So, um, of course, I want to shout out uh, City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services. Uh, City Living Dog Services and Coach Mike. Uh, go to his website, uh, citylivingdog.com, and you could see um, what I'm talking about when I talk about one of the best dog trainers there is in the country. He has an amazing YouTube page of training these dogs that really need it. Uh, I saw the magic work with my dog, uh, who's a primitive dog. He's an island dog, and uh, you know I always joke and say he's closer to a wolf, but uh, primitive dogs definitely have that in them. And uh, he was amazing with him. You could see his live Facebook posts. You can check out all of his Instagram and his Facebook. And like I said, his YouTube page. And go to the website, uh, citylivingdog.com, and check out what Coach Mike does because uh, he's dedicated uh, almost two decades to working with these animals. And he's uh, very, very, very good at what he does. 
Uh, also, All Things Comedy, guys. Go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcast, your favorite comedy albums, um, and also new content that's going to be coming out on All Things Comedy. You can follow All Things Comedy um, on uh, Twitter at, at All Things Comedy and go to allthingscomedy.com. Now, a um, couple things I want to uh, address up front with Patreon. Okay, so... I'm getting subscribers to Patreon and um, it's it's adding like it's adding people all the time. Uh, people, I guess, as they're hearing the show and what's unfortunately and I just want the people to know the reason why there's not been the you know, I know it's been about a week and I need to get this one out and then do the new ones for the people. But I wanted to make sure that some subscribers came aboard. Now, here's how it's going to work. Um the thing with Patreon is people are backed up on my show two to four episodes, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I already have two episodes that are going to be added this week. One is an amazing podcast I did with Bill Burr. It's over 40 minutes. Usually with the extra Patreon ones, I was going to do anywhere from, you know, 15 minute to hours, uh, one to two extra, but there's always going to be like a lot more than that. It's always going to go over. So you're going to be getting, uh, you know, always over an extra podcast and sometimes over two extra podcasts. And I did an amazing one with Bill Burr that is only for the Patreon subscribers. Um, Bill will be on my regular show, of course, other times. But right now, uh, and, and there's one with him and Joe Bartnick because we were on the road and I did uh, private ones with those guys. The one with uh, both of them. I mean, me and Joe Bartnick were crying laughing. Me and Burr talked Richard Pryor stand-up. We talked Beatles. We talked on um, the Super Bowl, so many funny stuff. And for you guys that listen uh, to both of our podcasts, you know how me and Bill get when we're together. That one's awesome. Bartnick and I were crying, laughing with certain things, just having such a good time. Both of those podcasts will be available on Patreon in the next day or so. So you're going to get this regular one and then two other podcasts with those two guys. Also, um, you're going to get the, you know, the poster and whatever else you subscribe for. We're st I'm still working that out, making sure that everybody gets what they had. So sit tight. You guys are definitely getting that stuff this week. Um, for you people that don't know, uh, I am always going to be doing my regular podcast, The Verzi Effect, for free. Uh, and you will get that always without any anything, like I've always said from the beginning. However, if you want one to two extra podcasts, a week, if you want to hear me and other comedians and actors and musicians and all that stuff, just extra talk, extra content, some extra unacceptables and some funny videos of me and, and doing stuff like that on there, um, it, it is, um, you subscribe to it. You go to Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, you subscribe to it and you could just see a whole bunch of other things and you could list, uh, look at the um, list of, of subscription amounts. Uh, from a dollar, which is no content, you just a dollar is a donation for me doing extra ones, and you get just a uh, you know a, a poster sent to you um, in a PDF that you could print out, and that's it. It's just like an appreciation thing. But the like I said before, when I talked about the three dollars for one to two extra podcasts, uh, three bucks. Then you, there's a five dollar package, a ten dollar package, a twenty dollar package, and a fifty dollar package. You just look at those, and uh, you know you. Uh, you go with whatever you want to do, okay? But I'm really excited uh, to do that, and uh, please check it out, and I'm sure you guys will catch up with that. So, that being said, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about the trip to Charlotte. Holy shit, guys. One of the most fun times I've had 
on a three-day trip that I might have ever had. It's not often I get to go perform with um, Burr and Bartnick again. You know, we were on tour together when we were opening for Bill. Now I'm headlining on my own, getting ready for my own special, which I'm doing this spring. Bartnick is doing his own thing. So we don't really get a chance to, to, to perform together that much. But, you know, when friends could get together, go to a sporting event, we do. And that's what we did. We were in Charlotte. We went to the um, Hornets game versus the Nets, which was lackluster to say the least. Uh, I got more into my son's like fundamental basketball practice, which wasn't even a game really today, than I did at that game. Um, but the treatment we got, everybody, uh, everybody out there, you know, just treated us amazing. I want to shout out to uh, Murphy's Pub out there in uh, Charlotte. Check out Mark Murphy and his pub out there. Okay, it's called Murphy's Pub. Look it up. It's in Charlotte. One of the best bar owners ever. Down to earth, cool dude, Irish guy, super funny, super great bar. Just a great dude. His bar is awesome. He's got one of those bars where you could have a private party upstairs, amazing downstairs, and uh, treated us like royalty, just the best. So please, if you're out there, I'm serious. Like it's it's top notch and it's really good people. We just had such a good time. We were laughing. The whole time we were down there, just getting hammered. Of course, me and Burr got into one of our classic ones, drinking uh, about Kobe Bryant. Every This is the thing. Every time me and Bill are together, there's always one point of a 45-minute to an hour just yelling at each other over a sports thing where you would think we were not friends. Like yelling at each other, insulting each other, shaking heads at each other, just like, and then it's just like, all right, man, I love you. I'll see you later. We got into We got into another one. But I would think that the, you know, half dozen drinks each that we had in a short amount of time probably uh, had something to do had something to do with it. Uh, oh my God, man! I don't even know where to begin. We performed at the Comedy Zone Comedy Club there. Uh, thank, I want to thank everybody that came up, bought my album, also told me that they listened to the Verzi Effect. So cool! And um, I gotta say though, there was a couple of weird people in the crowd. Like, one guy walked up, and he's like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, it happens all the time. Like, you could just get... This guy walked up to me, and I don't want to give it away, but, like, and the people at the show know. I do my last bit, and one of my new bits is very risky. Not risky, I would say, where they say risque. It's just a very... It's a touchy subject, and if you're a real comedy fan and you listen to it, great. If you're just, uh, you know, a dope who hears a buzzword and gets offended, you're going to have something to say. So... Nobody at the show did that. Everybody was cool with it. Everybody was fine. But one guy approached me very weird. He was like, hey, man. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, good job, good job. And just, like, looking around, not looking at me. And just like, uh, what are you guys doing after this, huh? What are you guys? And it was like, I was like, is this guy going to start stabbing me? Like, it was bizarre. And it was a, I was just like, hold, you ever, you ever notice like when somebody comes up to you, you just get that weird creep vibe. Like, what's this guy doing? This guy's weird. That's what I got. I really did. I just got this weird kind of like, you know, weird vibe from this guy. And, you know, a couple of people there were, were, I'm not going to lie. I mean, for the most part, amazing crowd. People were sweethearts. They loved the show. I got a um, shout out to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte and the people that run it. Uh, Brian Heffron, Mike Hall, just great people, and like I said, they treated us amazing, show on Wednesday night, two shows, just packed out, standing room only, bunch of local comics came out, great night of comedy, me, Joe, and um, Bill had a great time, also, um, 
shout out to uh, to Jason who hosted. A uh, great dude hosted the show, and it was it was amazing. Um, the room you go downstairs, and it's all brick outside, so you feel like you're going into this warehouse. You don't even know where the hell you're going. You're like, what the fuck? This is it. You almost feel like it'd be like a private club or a speakeasy. <laughs> and and you go you go in, and it's just this awesome room, low ceilings, almost 400 people packed in, like right on top of you, like fucking eight mile. And you just go up there and do your thing, and it was it was awesome. So thank everybody at that um, at that show. I, I couldn't have been it couldn't have been better. And flying flying down there uh, first class was amazing. I had so now here's here's what I want to talk about, okay? Because this is going to go into my unacceptable. Then I'm going to go to your guys' unacceptables. But uh, I'm going to talk about the Duke UNC game after. And so many funny things happened, but me and Bill had talked about one, me and Joe talked about one, so you're going to get stuff on the other one, but I'm going to also give you guys some of the stuff that happened. Um, so, on my flight to Charlotte, I was sitting in first class, and, um, you know, I was just like, yeah, let me get a, you know, if you want something to drink, I was like, yeah, let me get a mimosa, you know, and they're like, I don't know if we got champagne. And then I was like, all right. He's like, but I could do you like a, you know, like a vodka something. I was like, yeah, all right. He's like, you want a screwdriver? I'm like, yeah, I have a screwdriver. So I take a, I drink a screwdriver before we take off. And I, I kind of drank it fast. I was thirsty. So then he's looking around and he's like, ah, oh, we got like 20 more minutes before we start to taxi. You want another one real quick? And I'm like, yeah. So then I have two. So we take off, we get in the air. Guy was all over it. Guy, you know, plane was like. I mean, there was probably like 30-something people on this plane that fits like 100 and something. You know, there was no, the plane was more, it was three-quarters empty, so including the first class. So this guy was just all over it, crushing it. I end up having like four drinks, land, and, and just a great time. The first day we went to the game and everything was great. So, fast forward to yesterday, the day after the Duke-UNC game. We were flying high from the game. We went. We had some breakfast. And Joe Bartnick coming to New York with me. Right? He's coming back to New York. And we're sitting next to each other in first class. And Joe and I just get along. We're kind of always on the same page. Um, Different comedy styles. You know, but both, like, love each other's comedy styles. And just, you know, and and our humor offstage is just so right on the same, you know, the same thing. So we're just already kind of laughing, having a good time. And the thing, the thing about Joe is Joe does not like, uh, I don't even know how to say this, Bartnick is not like the type of guy who, you know, handles anybody kind of being a dick in public well. Like he doesn't care that he's in public. For example, we're on the, we are on the um, line, the security line to go into our gate. And this guy, like, when one of the TSA agents was free to call you to go up with your either passport or ID and um, boarding pass, the one got free and goes, next. And Joe was kind of looking down at his bag. So the guy behind me goes, next. They said next. And Joe just <laughs> looks at him and goes, take it easy. Right? Like, Joe's like one of those. Like, he does it. And the guy just kind of shut down and was, like, looking around. And, uh... You know, so it, it, it's you're always just waiting if somebody's gonna he'll call you out, right? Which is great, but at the same time, like when he did that thing in the supermarket where he told a woman, "I don't like your shoes," and I just walked away in embarrassment. So anyway, we're on the plane, we're sitting there, 
And uh, this is one of my favorite stories ever. And I'm getting annoyed because we're in first class and the flight attendant who's in first class doesn't really greet us. I noticed something was off because his back was turned when I walked on the plane. You know, listen, I'm not a snob, but like, you know, you like a little big smile. Hey, no, nothing to worry about. Get, get in here, you know, cozy on up. Let's go cozy on in this fucking, you know, I don't get the fuck out of here. I don't want guys back to me like all business when I'm about to, you know, plus I'm sitting in first class, you know, which I don't do the majority of the time. You know, sometimes I do, but you know, when you do, you're a little excited. So you want to see a smile on the person who's going to be, you know, giving you some drinks and sitting up there with you and nothing. Guy's got his back to us, his head's down. So I'm already like, whatever. I'm like, I'll be fine once I get a drink. So I sit down, Joe sits down and, uh, the people in first class are sitting there and I'm noticing that he's not going up and he's not giving people their drinks. So, you know, I'm being patient, you know, you know me, I'm being nice. I'm just, all right, whatever happened, you know, I'm looking at my phone. I'm trying to do whatever I can on my phone before I have to put it on airplane mode, you know, looking out the window. It's not that windy, so I don't have to worry about wind shears the way the day, the day before you guys got the big storm here in in New York, but it was windy everywhere, especially down South in uh, North Carolina. So, uh, (laughs) so, so we're sitting there. And I just look over and I'm like, dude, like, are we going to get drinks? Like, I want to, I want to drink. And Joe's like looking around like, yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm just like, yeah, something's not right here. So then one woman in the front row gets a coffee. He just hands her a coffee. So I think she asked for it as she walked on, which is a very kind of veteran first class thing to do. But like we were walking on the plane, there was a ton of people. And I thought, listen, once we sit down, this guy's going to come up to us. That's what happens when you're sitting up there and nothing. And five minutes and 10 minutes. And we're on this long line of planes and, and, and nothing. And the guy just doesn't come. So now I'm starting to get upset. Okay. Now I'm starting to get upset. Now I'm like, look, man, you know, I would love a drink or two here, you know, utilize this, you know, expensive first class here. That's part of it. You know, get a little cocktail, loosen up, enjoy your flight, big seats and put your feet up and nothing. So now I'm like, shit, man, this is bullshit, man. Now I got to wait. We're going to probably have to wait to go in the air. So I look at Joe and Joe's like, all right, I'm going to try to get his attention. Joe's getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated, right? So then then finally, (laughs) finally, finally, the captain comes on and we're like, man, we're going to take off in a second. What the hell? 25 minutes, nothing. Now, you guys heard what I said about going out there. I had two drinks right when I sat on the plane uh, going out there. Now, nothing, and we're about to taxi out of here. So, finally, he walks up to Joe, and he just looks down, and he looks very confused and out of it, you know. So, Joe goes, uh, yeah, can we get some drinks? And he just starts looking around nervous, and he's like, uh... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, what, what do you want? It was just a big flustered, you would have thought Joe just said, hey, dude, you mind sitting down and doing some, like, division with fractions? Like, some kind of, and the guy just started to go, like, yeah, all right, what, what do you want? So, so Joe goes, yo, can I get a, uh, Seagram's and seven? A seven and seven with Seagram's? And the guy goes, what, what's that? What, what is that? He goes, you, you know, Seagram's, just, uh, Seagram's rye and just in seven, you know, seven and seven. And I was, oh, I don't really know what that, you know, I'm new. I'm really new. <laughs> so Bartnick is all confused and he just goes, oh, you're new. And he goes, I'll, I'll, uh, man, I'll just have a beer. 
right? So then I said, I'll just get a screwdriver, you know, vodka and orange juice. And Joe goes, you know what? Make it two. Make it easy. And Joe's a, Joe's a little... <laughs> Joe's a little upset, as am I. And we weren't upset being snobs. It was just, like, not cool that, like, we're not getting the benefits of first class, you know, because this guy's new. So we're sitting down, and and Joe made a comment. People around are just sitting there, and (laughs) we're kind of annoyed. So we put our orders in, and sure enough, (laughs) the plane starts to taxi, which means we can't have a drink. We got to wait to go up in the air. And a guy's just avoiding us. Now I'm annoyed. Now I'm like, really? Like, this is bullshit. This is unacceptable. And by the way, this is my unacceptable. Okay, this is my unacceptable. But it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. I promise you're going to love it. So we're sitting there and a guy's avoiding us and he's not coming out. He's not doing anything. And I know we're taxiing and they're getting ready for the takeoff. They're, they can't bring a drink out when that happens. So finally the guy comes out and he just walks over to us. <laughs> He walks over to Joe and he goes, listen, we're about to take off. So we're going to have to wait till it's in the air. (laughs) And Bartnick just like kind of goes, huh? What? We got to, he goes, we're just going to have to wait. And Joe's just like, okay. You know, like we're both frustrated. So the guy's flustered. Everybody finally sits there. We go to the runway and we're just waiting longer, which starts to get me upset because now I'm like, man, we could have had a couple of drinks here and we're waiting and we were postponed like 35 minutes. Plane get plane goes on the runway and we start <laughs> we start we start this is like a sitcom. So we we he goes, All right, now we're ready for you know, I think he's like, you know, now we're ready for the you know, to hit the runway and go. And we go. And uh, maybe I'm messing up the amount of planes we were, but I know we were on the runway for a long time. That much I, I know. Enough to where you could have utilized a couple of drinks. And we start accelerating on the runway to take off. And (laughs) the nose of the plane goes up. And we just start going up. And, you know, kind of smooth, not too windy, no bumps. And we just start heading up. We start heading up. And, like, right at takeoff, you just hear silverware flying and, like, a (laughs) a metal. The metal tray. The metal tray that he comes out holding drinks on. Just goes like boing, and it just hits the floor hard. And everybody in the front just looks, because I mean, it's kind of scary, because you're in the middle of like taking off. Like you're on the, you're coming up, the nose of the plane is up, and like, you know, that's when you want things to be smooth. And you just start hearing metal flying, and the tray flies from the front of the plane where the flight attendant is, and it just fucking bounces down the aisle to the woman in the second row across from us to, <laughs> to where she. <laughs> to where she picks it up and puts it in the slit where her where the magazines are held, right? And it's just loud and undeniably there, you know? And I just start laughing because it's clearly a mistake. And Joe, just like a sitcom, he just goes, he's new, guys, he's new. And I fucking lost control of myself. And because he was already frustrated. And if you saw Bartnick's face, he goes, he's new. What are you going to do? I'm in my seat fucking crying. I was just, my I was crying, and then I made Bartnick looked over at me, and he saw tears going down my face, and I'm holding the little pillow they give you over my face, and I'm inconsolable. You would have thought I was hysteric. I was inconsolable. I was, I was laughing <laughs> like an absolute maniac, and I tried not to. I had headphones on, and I was trying to keep it in, which made me look crazier because I had tears falling down my face. And Bartnick's looking at me, and Bartnick 
you know, Bartnick's a big guy, so his shoulders were going up and down, and I see him laughing with this big smile, which then made me laugh even harder. And I'm just sitting there, and then after like 10 minutes, I look over to the left, and I see the big silver tray that this guy let fly down the fucking first-class aisle, just sitting in this woman's like magazine rack where they hold the instructions, the safety manuals. I just see this big metal thing, and I am just dying. It was one of the funniest things. And then the guy just comes out with this bewilderment. <laughs> just looked bewildered and he grabbed the metal thing and he had to like clean up. And I'm just thinking this guy should not be in first class on a Delta flight. And I'm sorry, Delta, if anybody listening to this knows. Now listen, Delta does a great job in the air. Delta does a great job with their airplanes. As far as I'm concerned, I've had great experiences with Delta. All right, first class experiences. I'm a, I'm a Sky Miles member with Delta. Delta does a good job. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to this new guy. But, like, why don't you throw the new guy in the back of the, you know, in the fucking in coach, you know, with the fucking animals back there. Expect bad service. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't fly it all the time. I'm not trying to be a snob. But, like, why don't you put him in the back and, like, get it going a little bit instead of, you know, or have him do, like, first class when the plane's not that busy and there's, like, four or five people. Like, work it in that way. You know, don't have a guy. It's unacceptable to have a guy up there not only not give you drinks, but look confused when you do, not know what some drinks are. He's got shit not secured up there, so it's flying all over the joint in first class. Metal's banging around. You know, uh, absolutely unacceptable. A first class flight attendant, not the first thing you do in first class. The first thing you do is once you, because that's why we board first. That's what you pay for. Okay, after the people who are disabled or need extra assistance or extra time or people with children are called, the first thing they do is priority first class customers. So when they're all seated, which they go on first, the first thing they do is, oh, would you like a beverage before we take off? That's the number one thing. Did not happen. The guy was confused. He looked bewildered. I mean, it just looked bad. And the guy looked like he wouldn't handle turbulence well either. Um, So that's my unacceptable. One of the funniest things... When that shit started flying and Bartnick just goes, he's new. It was, the timing was so fucking funny. We were just crying laughing. Uh, I don't even know. I never, I never laughed like that on an airplane. Because, you know, I'm not a bad flyer, but like I like to just close my eyes and and enjoy the flight or listen to music or whatever. And I was, the, the nice thing was it's an hour and like five minute flight back. It's an hour and 20 there, an hour and five minute flight back. And I laughed for probably, like laughed, hysterically laughed for probably 20 minutes of an hour flight, like crying laughing. <coughs> so funny. The look on this guy's face when Bartnick said, can I get a Seagram 7 and 7 or a 7, was like Joe just asked, like, dude, do you think we could both do heroin together in the bathroom? That's like the look. It was, I just, I, the guy looked like Joe was like, hey, dude, you know, uh, just so you know, I got a, I got a gun on this thing. And like, and then just, <laughs> the, guy, the guy was like, what? I'm sorry. I don't know what that, I don't know what that, I'm new. And what does new have to do with knowing what a Seagram's is? A C, you know, anyway, that is my unacceptable. Um, that almost brought tears to my eyes right now. <laughs> Because he goes, and Bartnick goes, oh, you're new. And then the thing fell. 
Oh my god, if you guys would have heard the commotion and the metal flying from the front just going all around first class and me just and me and Joe just bursting out laughing at him going he's new everyone or something he said, "Oh. Oh my god. All right, let me get to your guys unacceptables here. Uh here we go. Um this is from John Schneider. This does not sound familiar. Let's see. Dear white people show. From John Schneider, Paul, I don't know if you've seen um, this or not. Netflix is coming out with a show called Dear White People. I just find it unacceptable that someone who's never been white or will ever be white in lecturing me on my life experiences of actually being a white male. Like Burr said, you're not all sailing around on yachts hanging out with Kennedys. Uh, We all actually have real problems. If I started doing this uh, to any other race, I'd be deemed a racist. It's time for people to stop uh, uh, claiming victim, be accountable, and and, uh, claim victim, be accountable uh, for themselves, and stop blaming other people for their own mostly self-inflicted problems. Lock them in a cage so they can bitch and moan to each other because everyone else is sick of this race-baiting horse shit. Well, John, you know what? I like that, and I agree with you. And I think the fact... Oh, my God, do I have a story for you guys? Oh, do I have a story for you guys? We were in a soul food place, and I started talking about this. And then we had some really funny lines and then realized some things, and I had Bartnick almost take a spit take on that. Oh, but um, I agree. You know, I also see some people on Facebook almost like apologizing for being white. And it's like, you don't know how I was raised and I'm not racist and I don't, you know, and, um, but, but listen, I understand, um, certain things and I try to see both sides, but I, I, I totally agree with you. And the fact that it's called like the dear white people show is really fucking, to me, it's condescending and bullshit and enraging, um, you know. So thank you for the submission. Um, okay, let's see here. Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, this one is f- uh, called Violent Protesters, Comedy and Free Speech by Kyle Carroll. Hey, Paul, sorry for the length, but I believe this is important. I just listened to episode 292 and your segment on violent protests really resonated with me. That is my acceptable for the week. It's refreshing to hear somebody in the public eye, like yourself, call what these protests, um, call these protests for what they are, unacceptable. I've followed these events very closely, and it's astonishing to me to see certain people in the media and in Hollywood glorifying these riots. Um, a little background, that specific uh, story you saw in the news, uh, Milo uh, Yiannopoulos, I think that's his name, is a senior uh, editor at an independent news site called uh, Bright Right. Yeah, yes, I know that. Uh, Breitbart. I'm sorry, Breitbart. Uh, He's a conservative slash libertarian homosexual Jew from the UK, enthusiastic supporter of Donald Trump, who openly admits he prefers black men in the sack. Trust me, all of that is relevant to that news story. Uh, Over the course... Of this past year or so, he's launched into nationwide tour to speak at many American universities. The topic of these talks are to promote free speech, conservative libertarian values, uh, libertarian values, 
and combat the political correct safe place trigger warning social justice warrior uh, liberal controlled campus culture we see today. He dubbed this tour the dangerous faggot tour. Milo believes the uh, best way to combat today's politically correct uh, outrage culture is to present uh, irrefutable facts while being witty, comical, and as outrageous as possible at the same time. Uh, That brings us to the news story you uh, and many other people have seen in the news mostly, which is also unacceptable. Milo's final stop on the tour was UC Berkeley, the home of the free speech movement back in the 1960s. Uh, What you saw in the news was groups like uh, anti-fascist shutting down a conservative libertarian speaker who had been uh, invited to speak on UC Berkeley's campus with violence. Uh, Invited, uh, wait, to speak on UC Berkeley's campus with violence because they believe Milo, who is a homosexual Jew, who has a sexual preference to black men, is a racist, homophobic, white supremacist, neo-Nazi. Think about the irony in that. Uh, this submission is not about being a Democrat or Republican or who is better candidate. Uh, I, like you, did not vote for either of the frontrunners. This is about free speech, which at the to- uh, which at the core of your profession, being a comedian, uh, it is at the core. It is very much at the core of what I do. Uh, If we as a country feel it is right to violently shut down a demonstration of free speech just because we don't agree with what the speaker says or believes, then this country is heading in a dark place. A dark place where things like comedy and TVE don't exist. This country has lost the ability to have intellectual humanity, uh, humility, to hear opposing opinions to their own, And that's what you saw at the UC Berkeley. Right, left, or independent, I think we can all agree, especially as comedy fans and nerds, uh, that free speech is one of the most important rights we have as Americans today, and it's unacceptable to see news stories like these. Lock those ironic fascists, anti-fascists in a cage and make them listen to Milo's speeches on repeat. Thanks. Wow, Kyle, that's a lot there. Um, that's a lot you said, and, uh, yeah, you know, I look at it like this, you know, with the protests, uh, I'm going to kind of break down what you said in order, um, with the protests, um, yeah, I feel like violent protests is just ridiculous, and I feel like it is your free speech if you want to walk with the sign and do that, and whether I do it or not, that doesn't matter, if you want to do it, fine, but violent, like I said before, that's ridiculous, and that's where um, when things get crazy with police and all that stuff, you kind of bring that on yourself. You can't do that shit, you know. You can't be like, "What? I could protest," and then like throw a fucking, you know, you know, throw a brick through a window and be like, "Yeah!" Like that's not, you know, if you get tased in the fucking dick, you deserve it. You know, if you start throwing things through establishments and stuff like that, then that's just not, then that's just going to cause, you know, people to go, yeah, well, I'm going to tip this car over and let's build fire. And it's just a mess. And it's it's dangerous for everybody, law enforcement and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, a nonviolent protest, although some people get annoyed by it, I definitely do when it comes to traffic, that's for sure. Um, it, it is free speech. And the same way, like, I'm not saying... I'm not saying what this guy Milo is doing is is right or wrong, but um, if you're invited to some place, 
I, I feel like if you are invited to a place to talk because other students there believe in what this guy's doing and saying and want to hear him and then to be threatened with violence and have him taken off, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's not right uh, either. So, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I really don't understand the whole, I just feel like this whole thing of like if you are on the right, you're racist or you're homophobic. I mean, that's just not the case. It really isn't, you know, it's just not the case and it's not right, you know, and, 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 and to say that it's like, well, that's why he got in. He's racist. It's like, well, Obama got in twice. My buddy Burr said that on Conan and I thought it was great. If you guys didn't see, check out Bill Burr on Conan. He said something and I was like, oh man, that's a great thing to say. It's like Obama got elected twice. You know, I just think people wanted to change and I think people didn't like Hillary, but to say that they're all racist and to say that, and I just think with how divided things are, this guy Milo's going extra hard at political correctness to try to even it out himself and and he's doing something, then I think people are just going nuts. And I'm not saying everything he says is is right. You know, there's definitely some things, there's got to be lines. I mean, I'm not, I'm not agreeing. I don't, to be honest with you, I can't sit here and say that I've listened to everything that he said. I heard him a little bit on Joe Rogan's podcast and, um, but I've also, you know, saw headlines of things that he said and you're like, wow. But, um, like you said at the end of this thing, whether, um, you are uh, right, left or independent, we can all agree, uh, especially as comedy fans, that freedom of speech and being able to say what you want to say is, is a freedom that we have and need to utilize. And yes, you're right. There are many hypocrites on both sides and it's unfortunate. Thank you so much, uh, Kyle for the, um, for the support of the show and the submission. Here we go. Uh, This is hilarious. Uh, This is from Joshua Scott. And the title is, I've had blowjobs that didn't feel this good. Uh, Hashtag acceptable. Okay, Paul. uh, If you have to break out an ice cold Diet Coke and a stick, uh, this is, oh wait, if you have to, okay. This is the moment to celebrate, um, to celebrate of universe just rolling out the red carpet for good guys from time to time. I had a high school teacher that shit on me in high school for being a dumb jock. To be fair, I was a great asshole back then, but still don't shit on kids' dreams. Uh, He was the computer programming teacher, and on the first day, he told me that this was probably a bad fit and that I should take a shop or another trade class. After finishing at the top of the class, he said he had to stay after. Uh, he said he had to stay after class to tell me he didn't know how I was doing it, but he knew I cheated. Wow, and that he just wanted me to know. Uh, me to knew. Uh, all right, I guess you messed up that word there. Uh, no, uh, and that he didn't have the proof, but he still knew, and he gave me this look that said. I know everyone else likes you, but you're not fooling me. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, uh, that's uh, stuck with me for years. Uh, fast forward 14 years later, a buddy and I started an IT consulting company, and we are trying to fill uh, some starting positions that had been uh, going to temps. I sit down at my desk yesterday morning. My assistant hands me a stack of resumes. Oh, boy for the people selected uh, for one of our uh, starting positions. I was late, so I didn't get uh, to properly pre- uh, prep. The first person come uh, comes in, does their thing, and leaves. I have her send in the next person right behind him. 
wouldn't you know it was that fat fuck that said I'd never make it. Watching this heart, watching his heart sink into his stomach as he sat down in front. Oh my god, in front of my uh, ear to ear grin was priceless. To be honest, I was probably an unacceptable cunt, uh, and I'm not sorry. Paul, I want to be honest with you, and I am debating hiring this guy just to fuck with him. Sorry for the length, but it had to be shared, Josh. Well, here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal, all right? Thank you for the submission. That is um, that is ironic, uh, to say the least. Here's what I would say to you. If you do hire him, I wouldn't hire him to make his life miserable. I would hire... I would look at it like this. If you think the guy truly is qualified, you already won and you're his boss every day and you'll be able to smile about it every day. But I would treat him with respect just and, and let him do his thing and don't mess with him just knowing that every day he's got to think about what he said to you and you're running the place and you have the ability to fire him at any time. But I wouldn't go in saying I'm going to make this guy's life hell because you're above that. You don't need to do that. But thank you for the submission. That is amazing. And that is, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, here we go. This is from uh, Eisen Og. Uh, hi, Paul. Uh, and I'm sorry, it says, unacceptable. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, I was in the city to meet a friend when a self-proclaimed homeless man came up to me and looked uh, looked like he was about to cry. He asked me if I had any money for food, and I told him uh, if I had any money for food and told me he hadn't eaten in a long time. Now, I usually just walk away or ignore homeless people, but I am trying to make an effort to be more empathetic towards other people. So I excitedly asked him, if he wanted to come with me and grab some food. This is where the unacceptable kicks in. He looked at me angrily and just demanded I give him the money because he was going to get food somewhere else. I told him that I am more than happy to buy him some food, but I will not give him any money. He gets more angry and sternly shakes his head at me like I was just, uh, like I was a pathetic human being and walked away after mouthing vulgarities to himself. Sometimes people are homeless because of unfortunate events outside of their control. Other times, maybe they're just a cunt. Thanks, Paul. I totally agree. That is awesome. I mean, it doesn't get more acceptable than that. Like, yeah, let me buy you a warm meal, man. Let me, let me buy you something to eat or whatever. You want a sandwich? You want to whatever? Yeah, come on. Let's sit, talk, try to... No, no. Absolutely. Fuck you. You know? Oh, God. That's just ridiculous. Movie theater unacceptable. This is from Sam. Hey there. Uh, basket Paul. I don't know what that means. Oh, I get it. You were doing a play on words. Not not off to a great start, Sam. I'm not going to lie. I'm just kidding. Um, I've got a very immature, unacceptable for you. Um, the other day I went to see a movie and I was standing in line for concessions. At the register was a very young, uh, a very attractive young woman. She had a dynamite ass and titties. <laughs> Jesus, Sam. Uh, I was excited to briefly talk to her so I could masturbate to her later. Seconds before... <laughs> I should have known when you said basket Paul where this was going, Sam. Seconds before it was my turn to go up to her, this fat, weaselly, sweaty video game, uh, video game club <laughs> president, uh, gut hanging out, too much hair gel wearing, neck 
bearded motherfucker came waddling up to another register and said, uh, I can help whoever's next. I walked up seething and paid for my fucking snack. Needless to say, I was annoyed. Uh, it was unacceptable for him to, to do that fat person jog up to the register or rob me of that opportunity. <laughs> it was unacceptable of me to get that mad about it. Also, he was Mexican. Thought you should know that. Uh, Sam, I don't know what the <laughs> At least you admitted that this was immature. I don't know what the guy being Mexican has anything to do with a fat guy somewhat cock-blocking your concession order because you wanted to meet this um, pretty girl. And here's the thing. How did you know she had a dynamite ass if she was behind the register? Um, which means you really did something creepy to, <laughs> to find out. Um, I just love the end of this. Also, he was Mexican. Thought you should know. <laughs> you know what, Sam? Deport his ass. Deport this candy-given Mexican out of here. Oh, my God. That is funny. Thank you for the submission. Um, here we go. Robert Thompson. Uh, unacceptable. Me canceling my gym membership and my sling account to justify becoming a patron. Unacceptable. No worries, though. I only use them three times combined in a year. Stoked uh, on the Patreon, brother. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, um, yeah, dude, you could jump on the, um, if you got the main package, you could jump on. You're going to, you know, be a guest. And um, when I'm out in your area, man, just hit me up beforehand and I'll have tickets for you out there um, for sure. But you see the prizes on there. Thank you so much. Um, okay, let me see here. Let's see here. All right, this one is from Justin Roberts. Um, okay. Hi, Paul. I heard you read someone's submission last week regarding global climate change. Okay, so this is where we're going. Global climate change. Let's see uh, Let's see what we got here. Let's see if we can um, break this down. I guess Justin did his homework. So let's see. Let's see uh, what he says. Hi, Paul. I heard you read someone's submission last week regarding... Okay, let's see. Uh, the general idea was correct, but the way in which the writer described the cycle was grossly incorrect. The cycle, or cycles he or she was referring to, is known as the Milankovitch cycles, named for the scientists who first theorized these patterns. It is true that the pattern of the Earth's orbit around the sun varies over time, but the way it was described by the previous submitter made it seem as though the cycle shifted on an almost annual basis. This is not the case. These Milankovitch cycles or Malakovich cycles, uh, here and after referred to as MC, have specific characteristics that vary every, on average, 200 to 400,000 years. The cycles include the uh, eccentricity of the Earth's orbit, uh, more ovular versus more circular, 200,000-year cycle, the tilt of the Earth's axis, roughly a 100,000-year cycle, and the precession of the Earth's spin, uh, wobble, roughly... Uh, 50,000-year cycle around its own axis. All three of these factors play a part in the cyclical um, nature of the historical climate shifts. Uh, whenever so often the three align, every million to tens of millions of years, they contribute to an ice age and or a global warming effect. See link below for NASA's research. 
Wow, man, you're going in, dude. I mean, we talk about like shitting. All right, here we go. Now for a discussion on the effect of greenhouse gases on the uh, global climate. You can see from the attached graphs per NASA that the introduction of the greenhouse gases, namely CO2, corresponds uh, to an acceleration of the warming we would expect to see through the MC. The greenhouse gases also create an uh, oven effect, keeping the peak climate temperature um, elevated for a relatively extended period of time and causes more erratic temperature. Okay, These are the factors that are troubling as the prolonged warming and erratic nature of the global climate change currently occurring allow the melting of the ice caps and permafrost. Permafrost is important as there are great concentrations of greenhouse gases, CO2, and methane being sequestered by the permafrost, which is released. will speed up... Uh, the warming effects and uh, exasperate the issues. Along with these gases, there are many toxins held within permafrost that will be released into the atmosphere if and when the frost is melted. Uh, there's a lot here, so not sure if you will read it or not. Just wanted to drop some information. Enjoying the podcast as always, and thanks for the advice on New Orleans. We had a great time. P.S. Uh, we have a new puppy too, and she's a nightmare. Good luck best Justin Roberts. Well, dude. Wow. You, uh, yeah, that was a lot. Like, like I was saying, we normally don't get that, Justin. We get like a guy pissed off because somebody's shit in a bathroom at his work and nobody can handle the smell. And like, what's this guy doing? And now you're doing like Nassau graphs. Uh, you really went in, you know? Um, but I, you know, Hey, I said to people, you know, if you know something about this, like, I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist, obviously. I'm a fucking guy that does a podcast and, you know, tells, you know, jokes all over the country and does stand-up comedy. So I don't know, you know. I mean, you lost a bunch of people at fucking Ovular. Um, And, you know, (laughs) all these, you know, I mean, I just find it amazing that somebody at NASA was like, yeah, this happens every, like, 400 or, like, tens of hundreds of millions of years, and, you know, I just, I find it nuts that somebody knows this. I think it's it's really uh, incredible, and, um, you know, thank you for sending the graphs. Thank you for sending all that shit. I just had no idea, you know, at all about, uh, you know, about this, so, I mean, shit, that was some heavy shit. You made me go back to, like, college reading days. You were throwing words at me. You were, like, sharpening up my skills. I haven't seen words like permafrost. The fuck? Um, I, <laughs> you know, but thank you. And thank you for the submissions. Thank everybody for their submissions. Okay. Um, uh, that was it for the uh, emails. If you have an unacceptable for me, please send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. And I will read them. Um, please don't make them too long unless it's obviously something that you have to do. Uh, like if it's a nutty story, I'd love to read it. Uh, and let's see what else do we have here. Um, do I have anything from... No, you know what? There was just so much going on with Facebook. Uh, I mean, with Twitter. that I don't have any uh, Twitter unacceptables. But if you want to send them, send them to at uh, uh, Paul Verzi on Twitter. Uh, speaking of stuff on Twitter, I will be... I got a lot of radio stuff coming up. I'm going to be on the um, Anthony Cumia show this Monday at uh, 4... Is it 4 p.m.? Yes, at 4 p.m. with uh, Luis J. Gomez 
uh, Anthony Cumia, Nate Borgazzi. That should be a great one. And Valentine's Day, I will be at the Comedy Cellar doing a three combined podcast. Me, Jim Florentine, and Joe Matarese. You, you guys can check that out. So I got a busy week coming on. And I will also be on the NFL Network this, I believe, Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday? I'm going to be back on the NFL Network. Kind of doing maybe a wrap-up for the year, or I don't know. So uh, I will definitely let you guys know about that, more about that. Uh, Now let's get into some sports here, everybody. Um, I went to UNC Duke, and I just want to say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I have been to many, many sporting events. You guys know that. I have... I I mean, I've been to sporting events where I was jumping up and down, having the most amazing time. I've been to a World Series, Yankees-Mets with my brother. Amazing time, amazing memory, okay? I've jumped up and down, hammered at football games. I've watched the Knicks have amazing games. No, I haven't. They've always fucking lost. Who am I kidding? I've watched the Knicks have great games, and in the last minute they can win, and they don't. Uh, that's the Knicks' memories. We'll get into the Knicks after this shit, all right? Because I got a lot to say about that. However, uh, football games, college football games, college basketball games before this one. Um, I will tell you this. There is no experience that I've ever had, and this is a big statement. There's no experience I've ever had in a sporting event or in my life other than like very, very memorable moments with my family, my children being born and something, that the absolute bliss and incredible event that this was. I was standing next to a man from Nebraska. Him and his wife flew into the game and were flying out the next day. And me and him are looking at each other, shaking our head during the game, going, this is unbelievable. When you walk into Cameron Indoor Stadium, first of all, for you people that don't know, Duke and UNC, since they're so close together, they're like a 15-minute drive, you know, 20-minute drive in North Carolina. It's such an unbelievably hated, insane rivalry. And Cameron Indoor, where the uh, Duke Blue Devils play, it's like you feel like you're going into a big high school gym. I mean, it's under 10,000 people, but they're right on top of each other. It's really small. It's like you walk into a cathedral. The history, there were all kinds of Christian Leitner was in. David Robinson's son plays on Duke. He was in there. Um, I mean, all these legends were J.J. Redick was sitting in front of us from the Clippers because he played for Duke. All the alumni was there. And there was no sitting for any play. We literally, 9,000 plus people stood up and watched the court. And the court is right on you. You're right there. When Duke scored, the place went wild. It was one of the most unbelievable. I'm not even trying to joke. I'm being dead. It was one of the most unbelievable events I've ever been to, sporting events. It was nuts. It was the best. You have to do it. You have to do it. It was the greatest. It was the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. That and Game 6 of the Yankees in 2000 against Seattle when David Justice hit a three-run home run to go up one in the eighth inning, which clinched us going to the World Series against the Mets, which we ultimately won. Those two events were the nuttiest, craziest of my life. Uh, It was just pandemonium in there. Watching Coach K walk out, the place goes nuts. The student, uh, the student section was going nuts. They had all these chants. There was even an, a Japanese like woman on a unicycle putting like five plates upside down and f- regular flat, and then kicking them up in the air and them landing perfectly stacked up on her fucking head at halftime. If you could even imagine that, 
I mean, that's how ridiculous this was. Like, it was almost like you're in a dream of like, this is such an amazing moment that these 10,000 people are sharing. There were people in their 60s, young kids, students, everybody just all on the same page of watching a great game. And then a Japanese world champion on a unicycle just starts kicking plates up from her toes and catching them on her fucking head. I mean, it was just like, I mean, what's going to happen next? I thought a timeout of a, a fucking... You know, orangutan was going to start juggling and throwing darts and, and, and hitting the bullseye. It was just, I don't even know what to say. It was ridiculous. Now on to the Knicks, everybody. The New York Knicks, this is how far we have fallen, okay? We have fallen so far that not only are we in the basement in the East, in the 12th and last seed in the East, okay? Not only that, the president, Phil Jackson, is tweeting things against Carmelo Anthony. He's like Donald Trump tweeting things to get the star, to run the star out of town and get Carmelo Anthony to waive his no trade clause. Okay, so that's going on. That's a really healthy thing. That's going on when the president is is tweeting bad things about the star because he wants the star to ultimately waive his no trade clause so the organization could get rid of him. Okay, so we're in last place. The president's doing that. Christoph Porzingis, the history of the team, I mean the, the, the future of the team, and hopefully with great history. But the future is saying that it just seems like everybody's for themselves. So you got the other star, the, the future star, saying that everybody's for themselves. And then to top it all off, legendary player Charles Oakley gets asked to leave. And he gets dragged out by fucking eight bodyguards of the uh, uh, security. And he falls down. And then he says, oh, you know, I love the Knicks. I'd love to come back. Gets banned. I mean, it's just... I mean, when you think that an organization can't get in the basement anymore and it's just that bad, uh, that's where we're at. So uh, that's all I have for sports. It's disgraceful. I was wrong about the Knicks. I thought they'd make the playoffs and make a run. It looks like there's just dysfunction. Uh, I'm coming, Lloyd. Lloyd is starting to bark, which means he needs to go out. And uh, he's probably not going to let me finish this, but I, this is what he does. He's, he's going to start now. He's been good the whole time. But now he's like, no, this guy's got a few minutes left, and let me try to ruin it. Um, plugs, everybody. This week end Friday, Saturday, I will be at, wait, is it this weekend? Well, yeah, no, like, no, today's Saturday. Next weekend, next week, I will be at the Rhode Island, the Providence, Rhode Island Comedy Connection, the 17th and 18th with Joe Bartnick coming with me. It's going to be epic. I hope you get your tickets. I'm running my new hour. A lot of new jokes. A lot of stuff you guys haven't seen. I'm really excited about I'm coming, Lloyd. Can I wrap this up? So check that out. Um, also, I have dates. Uh, March 31st and April 1st, I will be in Levittown, Long Island at Governor's Comedy Club, the 31st to April 1st. Check those out. Uh, that will be up on the website soon. Uh, I will also be at the Punchline in Atlanta, May 18th through 21st. Check those out. Other dates, New York City dates, local dates, uh, all on the website, paulverzi.com. Uh, you could check all that stuff out. Guys, if you want other podcasts, extra podcasts um, with just extra content, video, extra unacceptables, all kinds of stuff, go to patreon.com, type in the Verzi Effect. I will have two up this week, one with Bill Burr, one with Joe Bartnick, and I will be doing more next week with interviews with people, a whole bunch of new stuff. You can subscribe and uh, go at your own, however you want to do it, from $1 or if you want the extra content from $3 all the way up to $50 a month. All right? Uh, so there you have it. That's it. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. This has been TVE, episode 
293. Thank you all again, everybody who came out to see me in North Carolina. And uh, please come out next week to Providence, Rhode Island Comedy Connection. And again, I want to say I will be on Anthony Cumia's show Monday with Nate Borgazzi and Louis J. Gomez um, on the Anthony Cumia show. Uh, and I will be um, at the Comedy Cellar doing my podcast live with uh, Jim Florentine and Joe Matarese, who will also be doing their podcast. So it will be a three-podcast in one on Valentine's Day at the Comedy Cellar. So check that out as well. Uh, I am out of here, everybody. Until episode 294, I will talk to you soon.